0: That seeing Jesus changes everything. The story of the resurrection has an incredible power in your life tonight. And one thing that's true of all of us in this room tonight is we all have some regrets, don't we? Some, something maybe we wish that we could take back and do differently I know there are some things that we can look back over our lives and and we regret, but we kind of smile about it because now we kind of look back and it's a little bit humorous, but it's still kind of pointed in our lives. Uh, I got to thinking this week as I was preparing this message and got to thinking back to one of my regrets and it was when I was in retail business and we had a couple of stores and I was in the store that particular today, and I was helping this particular lady out and all. And uh, she, guys, I thought she was pregnant, okay? I thought that she was pregnant. And you know how this story is going to end. And so I make the mistake as a guy, and I say, I see that you're expecting. You know, when is your baby due and all? She said, I'm not pregnant. Look at her, I said, are you sure? No, I didn't do that. Oh, no, 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 I didn't do that, I didn't do that. But I am so grateful that, that she was gracious and all. But, but I'm telling you, I learned my lesson. I mean, that was decades ago. But I could still be in a hospital today with a woman in a room getting ready to have a baby with her husband right beside her and the doctor saying, push, push, push. And I still won't say anything. <laughs> I, I won't say a word. I mean, we all have regrets, don't we? And I guess mine is, is, and I guess, I could probably guess that most of us in this room tonight, an hour or two in our lives, we would like to take back right now. Some things that happened in our past, we wish that we could take back that minute or or hour and, and just make it right. You know, the if if only I could, and you can just complete that sentence for yourself tonight. I mean, we all have one thing in common, and that is that we all have some regrets. Now, you might not be behind bars tonight, but it doesn't mean that you don't, you don't feel like a prisoner of something in your past, some past mistake that you've made. And you are desperate tonight to be free from the guilt and the regret that has imprisoned you, and you're unaware of how to get out of it. And if that's true for you, the good news tonight is the message of Easter is for you. Anybody who has stuck, anybody who has ever started a sentence with the words, if only I could go back. And tonight we see, as we're going to see in this message, that we can, we can be set free from our regrets. All because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It's more than just words in the word of God. It's more than something that we just gather with each year, once a year, and celebrate. It is something that impacts our lives every single day. Because we don't have to walk around with the chains of our past regrets weighing us down. The Bible tells us about two of Jesus' disciples who both did something that they thought they would never do. Has denied Jesus. And each of their choices actually place them on a different course in their life. The first first person is Judas, who is probably the most regret, has probably the most regrettable regret in all of history. And the other is Simon Peter. And when you compare these two, you see that there are some surprisingly some similarities in their lives. They remind us that we all have something that we wish that we could wash away from our lives. And really the question isn't do, tonight, do you have some regrets? The, the question is, hey, what are you going to do with the regrets that you have? On the night that Jesus was arrested, he was eating with his disciples, including Judas. He, he was still in the picture at this particular point. And if you have a copy of God's Word tonight, you can look with me in Matthew chapter 26... Matthew chapter 26 is where we're going to camp out at, but I'm going to use a lot of other scripture as well that will be on the screen. But as they're eating with with Jesus, Jesus, he tells Judas in John chapter 13, verse 27, what you do, do quickly. And the other 11 disciples, they don't fully understand what's unfolding at this point. And, And Judas, he leaves this intimate setting to go and finalize the final details of stabbing his friend Jesus in the back. But Judas, he isn't the only, he's not the only disciple that, that betrayed Jesus that night. Jesus warns his disciples in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. When Peter heard this, you know the story, Peter, no, not me, Lord. No, of course it wouldn't be me. No way, Lord. But notice Jesus in verse 34, Matthew chapter 26. He says, surely I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter is like in verse 35 of, of Matthew chapter 26. Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. From the upper room, Jesus and his disciples, they head out of the city and they go to an enclosed wooded area known as the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus instructs his disciples, Okay, guys, I want you to stay here. I want you to pray. I want you to watch. I want you, I want you to stay right here. And so Jesus, he goes off by himself. He knows the suffering that he is about to endure on the cross. And so he spends some time with his heavenly Father. Now, it would seem that Jesus had come to this place often enough to pray because Judas, he knows exactly where Jesus is going to be at this point. And so Jesus, so Judas, he comes to the Garden of Gethsemane, leading a group of over 600 men to arrest Jesus. And he arranged a, a signal so that the men would know who Jesus was. And that's where Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And the disciples are outnumbered 60 to 1. So there's really nothing that the disciples could really do at this point. Jesus, he's arrested and he's, he's going to be crucified. And once Jesus is arrested, the disciples flee. I mean, they're gone except for two, Peter and John. And they kind of follow where Jesus is going from a distance and all. And eventually Peter and John, they, they separate but Peter, and John, Peter, he finds himself in the courtyard of the high priest. He's just waiting to see what is going to happen to Jesus. And that's when a servant girl recognizes Peter and says, Hey, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And Peter says, Hey, you, you've got the wrong guy here. It's not me. I, I don't know that man. And Peter kind of moves away from that crowd. Trying to get away and thinking that he is safe, but, but it's cold outside. And so there's a charcoal fire that's going. And, and so he goes over, he puts some more wood on it and he leans into the fire and to the light and it reveals his identity. And somebody else speaks up and says, well, I'm, you know, aren't you the one who's been with Jesus? Aren't you one of his? Peter says, I'm telling you, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know this guy, Jesus. A few minutes later, somebody else recognizes his accent. Surely you were with the Galilean. Your accent gives you away. And so Peter then begins to call down curses, as if he says, I would go to hell if I know this man. And no sooner did he say it. His swearing is interrupted by a rooster crowing. And in that moment is the exact moment that Jesus is being moved from one place to another. And as they move Jesus, here comes Jesus, bloodied, beaten, bruised. And Peter recognized what he's done. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 61, it says, The Lord turned and looked at Peter, his huge I mean, can you imagine staring in the face of the one that, that you just got through denying? The one that you said, oh, I would never deny you. And you're staring him in the face. What he said he would never do, he has now done. And the scripture tells us that Peter went off, running off, and he wept bitterly. I love the way the message paraphrases Luke 22, verse 62. It says that he went out... And he cried, and he cried, and cried. You got the picture? This is a picture of regret. And my guess is at some point in your life, you too have experienced that moment in time in your life where you felt so disappointed over what you have done. And and you wonder, is there really still hope for me? I mean, can I ever come back from such a monumental mistake in my life? And maybe that's you tonight. You came in here tonight, you are weighed down by a mistake that you made in your past and you're thinking not only is no one else going to forgive you, but you really have the doubts whether God will forgive you or not. From here, Jesus, he continues through a series of legal and unjust trials. And we're told that at some point on that Friday, Judas, he was overwhelmed by the weight of what he had done. And he's so filled with regret. The decision that he made, he knows that it's a bad decision. Desperate to make things right, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 4 tells us that Judas goes into the chief priest and the elders at the temple and he tries to return the money that he had been paid to betray, treat, betray Jesus. And so at one point he literally throws the, the money into the temple. And he says in Matthew chapter 27 verse 4, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. So here we have, we have both Peter and we have Judas and both did what they thought that they would never do, deny Jesus, turn their backs on Jesus. They're both filled with guilt and regret, but they can't go back in time and fix their mistakes. I mean, some things just can't be undone. And what's true for them is true for us. Maybe it only happened one time. Maybe it only happened three times. I don't know, maybe you lost track of how many times that has happened, but it just feels like some regret in your life will forever define who you are. And that's the way you feel tonight. Because listen, we all experience that kind of regret to one degree or another in our lives. And here's what happened. If you're taking notes tonight, the first thing we see is regret leads to remorse. Regret leads to remorse. Peter and Judas comes face to face with it. And they're focused. They're, they're forced to deal with it. One of the things that I, I've discovered, discovered, I know as a pastor, and I, I've learned personally in my life, is that when we have a regret, don't we, we? We do the very best that we can to avoid those feelings of remorse, don't we? I mean, we'll do whatever it takes. I mean, nobody wants to feel bad. And so... We deal with our regrets, first of all, through many times rationalizing those things in our life. We'll say things like this. Well, I'm not hurting anybody. Or God made me this way. Or sometimes people will say, well, God wants me to be happy. And we rationalize to make us feel better. Another way we deal with regret is through blame. We blame somebody else. You know, I don't need to feel bad about this. I mean, it's not my fault. When we say things like, well, you know, when I was growing up, my parents, they were too strict. Or my my parents, they were too permissive. Or my spouse was too critical or not attentive enough. And so we point the finger at somebody else as a way to avoid remorse in our life. Another way we deal with regret is through comparison. Well, you know, I... I might have some struggles, but man, I'm not as bad as he is, you know. I'm not as bad as she is. Or at work, we'll say, oh, you know, I do have some issues, but hey, I'm not addicted like she is or or he is. You see, our tendency is to compare ourselves to others. But you see, the problem with comparing is we tend to land at one of two extremes. We tend to think that sometimes we're God's gift to the world or either secondly we think well you know what I'm worthless how in the world could God ever use me one other way we deal with regret is through distractions if I could just fill my life with busyness I won't have to stop and and think about who I am and and who I'm becoming and and what I've done and so we fill our lives with work we fill our lives with relationships or hobbies or, or sometimes even things that are even more destructive. Abuse of drugs or viewing pornography or shopping sprees or, or just something that... Anything to try and numb the pain that we feel because of what we've done. Or we do what Peter and Judas did and that is they, they just felt bad. And so that's the way we do many times. We just... The, the pain, we just, we just feel bad all the time. You see, remorse, though, it's not a bad thing. It helps us to be honest with ourselves and recognize that, that, yeah, maybe we've made some mistakes in our lives. It helps us to take assessment. You see, both of these guys, Peter and Jesus, they both made mistakes. They admit that they're wrong and their regret leads to remorse. But you see, this is where the story takes a t- different direction. Because both of them, they handle their remorse in totally different ways. We read that Judas is desperate to make things right. And so he tries to return the 30 pieces of silver for betraying Jesus. But it was too late. He didn't have an undo button available, you know. I mean, it would be nice, wouldn't it, if, if we were all born with this undo button that we have, you know. That would be great. I had a lady send me an email some years ago and she wrote these words. Pastor Jeff, I wish that I could hit the rewind button and go back to before I walked into that abortion clinic. It would be nice if life came with a rewind button. And Judas seems to recognize that on that Friday. And the Bible says that in his hopelessness, he went out and he hung himself. And in so doing, here's what happened to Judas. Judas missed the miracle. He missed the miracle of what took place on that Sunday because he gave up. He gave in. He wasn't around for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, so he didn't see what God could do with his regrets. And I'm telling you, listen, you can take your mess and bring it to Jesus, and he can make it into your message. He could take the test that you're going through, even right now in your life, and he can make it into your testimony. When we look at Peter, he was just like, he was just like Judas, filled with regret. But notice, Peter, he takes a different course of action. Peter, he repents. And while regret ought to lead to remorse, second of all, if you're taking notes tonight, remorse leads to repentance remorse leads to repentance it's significant for both Peter and Judas they they're filled with remorse but we learned that only Simon Peter was genuinely listen to me was genuinely under conviction at the heart of repentance is the fact that there is a change that takes place and so if you really repent if it is genuine repentance then there's going to be a change of direction in your life People say, well, how can you tell if a person is really changed or not? Well, guys, it's easy. <laughs> Have they changed directions in their life? Are they still on that path of change in their life right now? 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10 tells us the difference between Judas and Peter and how they dealt with their regress. Listen to this. The Apostle Paul nails it here. He says in verse 10, it is godly sorrow. That produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces what? Death. you see the difference? I mean, regret can be overwhelming. But when we repent, things can be different because we've invited Jesus. We've invited God into the process. So many of us, we're trying to do it all ourselves, leaving God out of the process. And some of us tonight, we need to come home to God and allow God to be a part of the process of repentance in our lives. Repentance happens when remorse leads us to change. Judas and Peter both feel remorse and they they realize that they can't undo what happens. So what do we do with our regrets What did Peter, what did Judas do with their regrets? Judas, he kills himself. Peter repents. So the question then becomes, what's the difference between Peter and Judas and and how they handled regret? And I think the difference is the difference between Friday and Sunday. I think that's the difference. You see, Judas, he only made it to Friday. If Judas could have just made it to Sunday and seeing that Jesus rose from the dead, maybe Judas would have realized that no comeback is too difficult for God to pull off, even after all that he had done. Peter felt like it was too it was too late, just like Judas. Peter, he felt like things had gone too far in his life, and there didn't seem to be much hope for him. But the difference in Peter's life was that Peter, he stuck around for Easter. And so we experience the hope that comes with Easter, which gives us the hope of a new beginning in our lives. In John chapter 20, it tells the story that made all the difference in Peter's life. Listen to this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been rolled and removed from the entrance. And so she came running to Simon Peter, and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started to the tomb, for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Verse 5, he bent down over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but, but didn't go in. Verse 6, Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, and as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head, the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. And look what it says. I love this. He saw and believed. You see, everything changed. Everything changed for John. Everything changed for Peter. And now Peter, he realizes, wow, like I'm going to get a chance now to make things right with Jesus. I mean, when it seems regret and remorse would hold him back forever, Jesus rose from the grave. Peter needed a miracle. And that's just what he got. Folks, listen, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, that's what we got too. I mean, we got a miracle when Jesus conquered the grave. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ can change everything for everybody. See, the resurrection of Jesus proves that there is, there's no defeat, there's no loss, there's no pain, there's no regret, there's no remorse that is too big for Jesus to overcome. Whatever it is in your life, Jesus can overcome that. When you're stuck with, in regret and remorse, and when you're ready to repent and change, the resurrection of Jesus Christ becomes the bridge and and shows you the difference between what you're able to do on your own and what god is able to do and accomplish through your life regret leads to remorse remorse should lead to repentance and lastly because of the resurrection repentance leads to redemption and i love the word redemption don't you you I mean, it's my favorite thing about God. I mean, He can redeem anything. He can redeem your marriage tonight. He can re- redeem that broken relationship. He can redeem that loneliness. He can redeem that addiction. He can redeem your life tonight. He can take something bad and He can turn it into something good. He can take something that is broken and He can make it into something beautiful. And He can come into a place, you, He can come into a place of hopelessness a place of despair, a place of death, and He can bring life. I love hearing stories about how God redeems, don't you? I mean, I love to hear people's story. I love to hear how God has changed their life. He doesn't just redeem us from regret in hell, but He gives us redemption even in this life. And He delights. I really believe that He delights in those moments. And maybe tonight, God wants to... Once, once wanting to redeem some brokenness in, in your life. Or maybe tonight you brought into this place some regrets that have been weighing you down. You can't seem to move forward because you're always thinking about back. You're always thinking about those mistakes that you made. People in your life are even reminding you about those mistakes. And yet Jesus has come to me. Come to me, I'll take those regrets. The Bible tells us of a God who rebuilds and restores and redeems. That's what he loves to do. One early morning after Jesus conquered the grave, Peter was out with the the, other disciples and they were fishing. And they hadn't caught anything all morning. And they glanced on the shore and there was a man walking along the shores. And the man hollered at him, hey, have you caught anything? And they yelled back, no, we had caught a thing. And he said, well, cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And for some reason, these seasoned veterans, they did. And when they did, they caught so many fish, they couldn't pull them in. And that happened another time, didn't it? And it was Jesus. And the same thing had happened and as soon as they're, they're filling up their boats and, and pulling the fish in, Peter, he realizes that it's Jesus. But guys, listen, what's most important, It's more important than what happened in the water is what's going to happen on the shore. I mean, Peter, he doesn't even wait to get all the fish in the boat. He dives right in and he starts swimming to, to the shore to, to be with Jesus. And he comes face to face with Jesus, just, just the two of them. And Jesus, He's cooking breakfast for him on a charcoal fire. And now, listen: there are only two times in the New Testament that a charcoal fire is mentioned. One is when it, the denial of when G, when Peter is denying Jesus, and now what would be the forgiving of Peter by Jesus? So Jesus, He looks at him and He says, "Peter, do you love me?" Peter said, "Of course, of course." Jesus, you know, I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And you know how many times that Peter, Jesus asked Peter if he loved him? How many times? Three times. Three times for the three times that Peter denied Jesus. That's no coincidence. Jesus, he is reinstating Simon Peter and making it very clear for him to understand. You don't have to live with your regrets. We can put your past behind you. What I did at Calvary can wash that away. And now you can walk in, in a new direction because of my resurrection. You guys, I wonder tonight in your life, what is the regret that's weighing you down? Maybe nobody else knows about it. They just know that, that, that there are certain th- times in your life you're, just, you're down and you're not talking a lot. And those regrets are eating you away. What's your regrets tonight? Jesus says the same thing to you and me. You don't have to live with your regrets. You can put your past behind you. What I did at Calvary can wash that away. You can now walk away with a, in a new direction because of my resurrection. And I think if I had a, a key takeaway tonight, here would be the key takeaway. Regret is never the last word. In any story that God writes. Regret is never the last word. In any story. That God writes. Folks I submit to you tonight. The resurrection. Seeing Jesus. It changes everything. Everything. Let's bow in prayer. If you're here tonight. In just a moment. Our pastors are going to be down front here to pray with you about anything tonight. Listen, if the Holy Spirit of God is dealing with your heart and you need the decision to be made in your life, maybe you just need somebody to pray with you, they'll be here to pray with you. If you're here tonight and maybe you came to this place tonight just investigating, wanted to know a little bit more about who God is and you're just putting the pieces together, maybe you've got some questions, listen, they would love to talk with you, pray with you about those tonight. Maybe you're here tonight, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but tonight, you say, tonight is the night. I can't go on in life until I have settled this. So tonight, you come and put your faith and trust, believing that Jesus died, that he was buried, he rose again, he's coming again someday. You nail that down in your life tonight, won't you come? Maybe you're here tonight and you know you are not where you ought to be in your walk with God. Man, you're letting those regrets eat your lunch, and it is my prayer tonight that you'll come and talk to one of the pastors. Let them pray with you tonight. Apply these principles to your own life tonight, because regret regret is—it doesn't have to be the last word in the story that God is writing in your life. So tonight, God, it is our prayer that. That nobody misses the miracle of Easter. God, we thank you so much that you made a way when when there was no other way. That you set us free through Jesus so that we don't have to be held back from our past or weighed down by our regrets. That, That God, we can turn to you in repentance when we acknowledge our sin and surrender it to you, and we put our trust in you, Jesus, a Savior, that you give us hope of eternal life. You promise your redeeming power to, to be at work within us so that, that all these things that we feel like will forever define us, God, can be used by you to do something incredible in our lives. So God, we pray that this Easter, we will truly be able to celebrate not just a historical event, but something that has changed our life forever. So I pray for boldness to those tonight who need to step out. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen, amen. I'm asking ask you if you would to stand.